Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Lean into the topic that God's bringing up today on discovering your spiritual gifts. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest, Dr. Irene Fambro, is a wife and mother, teacher and student, speaker and listener. Her passion is to increase the contributions within organizations through valuing a greater definition of intelligence. Out of that desire, intelligent leadership was birthed from her dissertation work on multiple intelligence and leadership. Her experience includes a BS in business administration with a concentration in management from the University of Alabama. She was ordained through the Westland Church and gained her Master's of Divinity from Beeson Divinity School while being a youth pastor for five years. Following that season, she became a college pastor curriculum development contributor, and wrote Made for More. She completed her PhD in organizational leadership from Regent University. Currently, she consults into churches on intelligent leadership content, and she teaches at TKU and preaches at churches. Now, that was a mouthful. As you can tell, she's very smart. She has lots of experience, but let me just tell you on a personal note, I had the privilege of hearing Irene speak at my church's women's conference this year. You're going to love her. She's not just intelligent. She is wise. She's beautiful. She is down to earth and practical. You're going to learn so much in this conversation with her. So let's jump in and discuss our spiritual gifts with Dr. Irene. Well, hello, Irene, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today. Before we jump into our conversation, I'd like to ask guests, what's a fun fact about you that I did not read on your professional bio? Um, probably the best one is the fact that I'm Egyptian. So both of my uh, parents are full-blooded Egyptian. Um, and then I decided to become even more diverse. My husband's African-American. And so we like to joke that we made little blue Egyptians. So, um, you know, I think it's a really fun fact that most people don't know. And probably they try to guess, you know, like, are you? Um, but uh, it's a fun part. And as a child, I didn't quite embrace it, but I absolutely love its uniqueness now. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I didn't know about you. So I feel like I've known you from afar for a while now because, um, you know, my husband and I've been at Gateway for. 14 years. And I always remember because of it's the age of my oldest daughter. So I'm like, however old she is, that's how long we've been there. Um, but you know, our paths haven't like passed directly. But here recently, I got to hear a workshop that you taught at Pink Impact on our spiritual gifts. And before we started recording, you and I were kind of talking about how you got to teaching that. Do you want to share a little bit about I love when God kind of brings a topic around that we're like, huh, I wasn't really planning on that one. But here we are. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, when you, um, I actually went and did my dissertation in multiple intelligence, which is just a fancy way of saying, you know, there's, we can all bring something to the table. And so I probably would have anticipated something along those lines that Pink would have asked me to talk, but I realized that, um, 
as I was digging into this, how much it related uh, when they asked me to talk about spiritual gifts. And what I didn't know is that God just had a whole nother moment that he wanted to come alongside and, and point out and reveal and not uh, in a way to bash it or shame. It was just like, Hey, do you want to do something about this? And those are my favorite. I feel even more impactful teachings are when they've impacted me. Um, you can teach on a topic and your heart and, uh, be separated from it. Um, but when you teach with your heart and engage in that, you've actually walked through it. There's actually a different authority that comes on the teaching, uh, because you have walked through it, uh, than just teaching from your head. So, um, I absolutely loved it. It was a, a really fun, um, partnership with the Lord to do it. Yeah, I can relate to that very much so because that's been my story with body image, which is actually the book I'm writing right now is on body image, but I did not set out to teach on that topic. However, there was a thing that I walked through personally and was kind of, you know, because of walking through it was forced to dig into God's word and what does he say about this and, you know, all of that. And so, like you said, it comes from like deep down whenever you whenever you teach on those. So let's let's talk a little bit about this spiritual gifts. I, that was I think one of the things um I wasn't expecting in your talk, but I very much appreciated how you really laid the foundation of okay, time out for a second. <laughs> we need to identify that our gifts are not our identity. So talk to us a little bit about how we get those things confused. <laughs> Well, and the fun part about calling it out in the beginning was exactly how the Lord called it out in me. I just planned on sitting down and I was going to put all the different lists of, lists of the different gifts out. And the Lord was like, do you want to talk a little bit before this about where you've enmeshed your identity and your gifts? And I thought, and I actually didn't think I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with that. And he said, it's because you're, that isn't your identity. Your gifts are not your identity. And I just remember sitting in my office in just this like profound thought. And um, it may not sound profound to everyone, but for me, I literally went and took the dog on a walk because I just needed to walk with the Lord and just go like, I, I don't understand. Like I knew not to make what I do my identity, but my gifts, I felt like there was something he gave to me. And so surely it's a part of me, surely. And then he's like, yes, but it's an expression at a partnership with me. And then I, I remember the Holy Spirit just kind of breaking open the difference. He goes, Irene, if this is a part of your identity, then when you don't operate in it, when you don't have an opportunity to use it, when it's not fully developed, then you feel like there's something wrong with you. And that moment for me, that's I, I make the joke in the teaching where I'm like, and that was like my entire thirties. Like I, I, I was developing it. I would have sparse opportunities for teaching and preaching and, you know, and all those moments would happen, but I felt like there was something, I felt my value decreasing when it wasn't in operation or it wasn't in operation the way I thought it should be in operation. And when the Lord just separated those two, I just thought, I absolutely love that Lord. Like it makes my identity so sacred. It, it feels like you can't touch that. Like you, uh, you know, what I'm doing and whether I make it or miss it, you can't touch my identity. He puts this protection around it by doing that, by not attaching it to my gifts, by um, not attaching it to my work or um, what people think of me or, you know, what people say about me and what I think about myself. I, I mean, like 
that moment and the Lord going, I will not let you touch this is very protective and jealous and I love it. And so that moment right there was huge. And I don't think that I had ever seen that, um, nor taught in um, spiritual gifts. Yeah. I love that separation too. I'm a very visual person. And so when I can see that separation, I think that's so powerful because there is, there's almost like this pressure that comes of, well, if I don't use my gifts or if I don't, you know, steward them well, then I'm going to lose them. And then what does that mean for you as a person? You know, like, does, you know, like if, if we really are that enmeshed with the two things, it's a really dangerous, slippery slope to be in, right? <laughs> right. And it doesn't, um, I mean, carry that out theologically, though. Even if you, if my identity is based on what I do for God, then it's a very um, conditional relationship. You know, and it's it, it just says that, you know, we're good when you do all the things I need you to do, Irene. But we're not so good if you're not operating in in them. And and I think that without knowing it by just trying to push people into knowing their gifts, I think we weren't being like malicious, like, you know, oh, we're going to show people that, you know, that God wants to use them. And, you know, I, I think that they were really authentically trying to say, God wants to give this to you, but we might have in our eagerness missed saying phrases and things that maybe don't necessarily display his full heart. And one of those actually were, is that same phrase, someone said it, actually from, from the platform. And I just leaned over to my husband. I said, I just don't know what I think about that. And he goes, you just think a lot. And I was like, I know, but you know, and it was the phrase, you know, God wants to use you. And I just didn't know. I felt like, I know he wants to partner with me. And that's just been a big word for me right now that it's about partnership and not hierarchy. And maybe hierarchy makes me feel like you could use me and that would be fine. But he put two people in the garden and he didn't put any hierarchy. He didn't put stipulations like you, you know, you're going to clean the animal dung and you're going to take out the trash and you're going to make the, you know, I think we put hierarchy as part of our, our world structure. It came after the curse and we don't see that until the curse. Uh, and so for me, I just, I, if we could redefine that God wants to partner with you and not use you, that's a deeper theological belief that can shift everything in your relationship with him. God wants to partner with you, not use you. That's worth repeating because I don't know if I heard it in your teaching I've, or saw it somewhere recently that it said it was a graphic or something and it said, God doesn't use people. He loves people, you know, and I just, it really struck me because I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Because we talk, we do that all the time. Use me, Lord. And, you know, God, you know, all this. And I get, like you said, nobody is intentionally being malicious when they say that, that phrase. We just haven't slowed down long enough to actually think about the phrase. Right. <laughs> right. And what's the consequence of it? And people do it a lot of times in, um, when they speak about their testimony and they'll say all these things that happen and they'll go, it's okay. Um, as long as it, it leads people to the Lord, it's okay that this happened to me. And what it begins to reflect is there's a God who's okay that all these things happen to you just so that he could use your testimony and win more people. And that's not him. That is what happened was a part of a fallen world or man's free will that was abused. You know, all those things, most things could probably fall into those categories. Um, But he just says, I just want you. And can I redeem all of those? Absolutely. But I think if we started shifting our testimony to partnership versus um, hierarchy that just says, 
uh, it's the same part where we say, um, and I think I mentioned this in the teaching, oh, it's, it was all God and it was not me. And I don't think that that honors him. Like, I don't think that that is what he wants because it's like saying, I don't need you. I could go use, if Irene doesn't use it, then I'm going to go use, you know, um, Matthew or Kelsey or, you know, I'm going to use anybody else. You're disposable to me, Irene. Mm. You know, you're replaceable. So it's okay. If you don't do it, I'll, I'll, and I just think that there's something deeper about my purposes on this earth that literally what does not occur creates a spiritual consequence on this earth. So if I do something, then I think it, it shifts things on this earth. And if I don't, then that absence of it remains, which is what I think what we're facing when we're seeing more and more things go wrong right now mm. is more of us abdicating our thrones and our territory and our purposes. Now you take that and you build them all up. You do years and generations and decades, you know, all those things. And you have right now evil that has an opportunity to sit on thrones. It shouldn't have an opportunity to sit on Mm. because he said, we're over them. We're bigger than them. And we're looking at them going, well, it doesn't feel like it's we're bigger than them. It seems like they're they're You know, um, it feels like the world's getting worse and is it getting worse or have we just stepped back from the places we were supposed to own? Yeah. And now, and now it's catching up. Yeah. I love this conversation so much because I feel like we can't even start talking about what spiritual gifts are and things of that nature until our identity is firm. Can you imagine? I mean, you got a bunch of kids running around that's literally like, you know, my own children. If I gave them all these gifts that they they don't even know they're my child first and foremost. Yeah, I'm just going to, you know, like, and they're just kind of running around using them. It's almost mass chaos, you know, because we're, we're not st- first starting with totally. the, bo- the basic principle of I, I wasn't born just to be used, you know, like I was born right. as a child of God. Um, and then all the things that flow out of there come from that identity. And I don't know about you, but the more I lean into that, I feel like then my spiritual gifts just kind of, like develop, you know, cause I'm like, I, I know who I am, whose I am. I have this really intimate relationship with the Lord. And when I lean into that, the power that's released is crazy. Like you can't even put a word for it, you know? <laughs> it is. And, and it becomes more like um, a bag of tools that you get to play or uh, even toys that you get to play with you and the Holy Spirit and just get to, you know, Hey, I want to do this, you know, because there is a it's a gift um, from the Lord. And it's like, here, I want you to use this. There's a grace on this, you, you know, operate in this. Um, and I think a lot of times um, when you set when you first set aside the gifts, that's one right now. Um, one of the most popular things is to make your personality, your identity. Um, so I, you know, for, for those that are Enneagrammers, I, I'm an eight for those of your strengths, you know, that I'm belief achiever learner, you know, they start coming like the bottom taglines of things. They're up in the descriptions on the social media, you know, that these are who we are. And I think they're more of an expression of your identity. So if there are some foundational core things of your daughter, the King, you're loved, you are a friend, you, you know, all those things can, and sometimes it can feel Um, almost like your mom telling you you're pretty, you know, like, oh, we're all these things. Like, I mean, that doesn't feel super special if you think we're all pretty, you know, because we've learned in our culture, I'm pretty if I'm prettier than someone else. Mm. Um, We we learn by comparison and that's a cultural fallen world concept. But God says, no, this is who you are and it doesn't move. But how you express it 
is so different. And I love that because that also means how I express my gifts gets to be different. And I rob the world of what I was supposed to bring when I mimic all of my leadership or all of my um, teaching or all of my speaking, you know, and preaching um, off of someone else's. I, I miss that God was like, no, I uniquely put you, you know, I, you, you all have this identity, but I uniquely put it in you who has this personality, who would walk in this experience, in this environment. Um, I intentionally, which I struggled for a long time, you know, I intentionally made you a girl irony, which in ministry or preaching and teaching, it can be a really hard thing. You're like, I think I might've been a little more effective as a guy. Like I wouldn't be fighting so much of this, you know, all these different hierarchies. And, but God was like, I did it all intentionally. And I need you to walk that out. I don't need another Christine Kane or another Robert Morris or another, I, I need an Irene Fambro. Because yeah. she has something very specific on this earth to do that no one else can do. And I just don't know that we really believe that. I don't know that we really believe that no one else can do it. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a wrestling out with the Lord. Like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Joymail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and sign up for the newsletter right there. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. So how do we get to that place of stopping the comparing and truly just showing up as we are? It's just the wrestling. It is, but I think it's um, paying attention to each moment and letting it teach you. Like, every mo- there are moments that I step in, and I... I operate in a full confidence and, you know, I'm thinking like, man, I really showed up well in this place. Like this is exactly how I wanted to show up. And then there are other days and there are those moments where getting ready for a meeting or something that, you know, that there's, there's this temptation that steps in the room that says you don't belong in this moment. You know, this is not, they, I think somebody else would do this better or, you know, and it's recognizing that after those, you know, and, and I sit in it, if, if I have a minute, you know, I'm like shooting out texts to my girlfriends. I'm like, I need you to pray right now. I just feel super attacked about this. Um, I do think it is, it's communal to walk through that heat, that healing. It should help happen collectively because the more you bring along, they're going to get healed with it. But, you know, like actually just this past weekend, I, I, weekend, I was going somewhere and I said, I feel conflicted because there's different parts of me that are trying to show up that wants to be respected on a professional level. Um, that doesn't want to just be left on one level, you know, just this kind of fractured place. Um, but I had to own that space. I had to own it. Um, I didn't have a ton of time before it to deal with it, but afterwards I sat with those words with the the Lord just had to be honest, like, what is this? And for me, you know, like those moments are continually, coming to that place where I'm accepting and belonging who I am for me. Like if my goal is to belong with people, it's going to just shift that it never, it never stays the same, even with your, your spouse or your kids or your, you know, like one day you did it right. And one day you didn't do it right. And so I none of that can be a part of my identity, nothing, you know, and it's like, even those realities of going, did I, do I even accept me? Like forget everyone else. Do I belong to me, you know, like in that really, uh, and I mean it in, in a way, just like before the Lord, like, do, do I see myself the way he sees me? Um, do I guard my thoughts? You know, it says take captive every thought, but a lot of times we have some real negative thoughts about ourselves. 
And God goes, if I don't think that way about you, then I'm asking you not to either. Um, you know, his thoughts towards you, they're good. You know, I mean, his plans are good. It's thought, you know, everything, it just depends what we fed ourselves and how we grew up. And so I just think it's a daily practice. I don't think it's um, just one moment. I think you can have very pivotal moments and those are phenomenal too. But if I will be honest about the moments that I'm having, instead of kind of coding it over and, oh, those were just nerves. I was just nervous. You know, it's like, mm, I think it was a little bit more than that. Um, and being honest with the Lord about that. Um, I think that takes a, a um, reality that we need a, a larger emotional language to, to express that's, you know, it's an emotional intelligence, but it's only intelligence if you use it in the right ways. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it's so it's a lot, but I think it's daily. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I had somebody ask me about that recently. She was asking me about a certain, if, if I still get nervous public speaking and I was like, yeah. And she's like, so has it, it's never gone away. And I mean, I was like, well, I mean, it gets better, but yeah, I still get nervous every time before I'm going to speak. And she was like, oh, like she was it kind of discouraged her. And I was like, it's literally, and, and, and I think that's just important. You know, that's public speaking is a silly, you know, thing, not silly, but it's an example of how every single day, I actually think it's good that there's things that make us uncomfortable that make us have to lean in to the Holy Spirit and go, I can't do this. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, kind of have that little wrestling out with him and go back to him and go, okay, this is what's on my plate today. I have to lean into you to figure this out and to wrestle this out and to notice what I'm feeling. What am I thinking? Like take these thoughts captive and it does become more automatic to do it. Like I feel like that part has gotten easier to where I, the awareness comes quicker of what's happening in my thoughts or what's happening, you know, in my emotions and things, but I still have to make the daily decision to submit it, you know, and go back and go, okay, it's a new day. It's a new set of things I've got to do. But, but I think more people need to know that because I think it can be discouraging to people when they wake up day after day and go, oh, I'm still here wrestling this out. Like, oh, I'm still battling that negative thought. And so then they think something's wrong with them. And I'm going, oh, no, we're all battling something here. So we just don't always talk Absolutely. about it. <laughs> well, and there's um, healing is in layers. I mean, if he handed it all to us, we would be overwhelmed. And so what you don't what you need to pay attention to is the next time you're going around, like, you know, with Jericho, you know, they go around six times and the seventh time they get to shout. So, you know, when I'm circling things, I'm thinking, you know, one, I need to encourage myself that uh, I'm about to conquer something. And this was their first area that they conquered was in Jericho. This is, you know, the kind of their first fruit city offering. And so when I'm circling something and what was interesting is that they had to be quiet, which oh Lord, I'm just thankful I wasn't there for that day. I mean, I just would have, I probably would have charaded something or just done something goofy to make someone laugh, you know, so they'd get in trouble or um, it just would have been, I just think six days without saying anything on oh, my word. Um, but there is something to observe in those moments. And I think sometimes our assumption is when we go back around it, that it's the same thing, but, um, and you could take your route, your same route home and, you know, just you're in a fog. Sometimes you can go like, I didn't, okay. I don't even remember driving from here to here. My mind was thinking about a bunch of other things, but if I'm intentional, God, do you want to show me something different around this time? Like, what else do you want to show me about this? And it could be the same, see, it was the same city, but what else do you want to show me? What else do you want to point out so that I can bring healing to another layer of it 
Um, and, and what I didn't realize was that, you know, in America, you're taught to grow up and be independent. And that's not the nature of how God desires. He wants relationship. No, I want you to ask me. No, I want you to bug me. No, I want you to include me on everything. Like I want to know, you know, he doesn't, when I want to sit down and talk about something, he doesn't say, can you give me the cliff notes? Cause I've got a lot of things to do today. Or me, you know, he's like, I want to know it all. I want every detail. I want what matters to you because it matters to me. And that aspect that just says, I don't think maybe I fully understand partnership then um, because it's deeper than I've ever understood. It's better than any of the best partnerships I've ever had. And, you know, I mean, it's, and that's what he's saying. Like, I want you to continue to come back and forth. Um, I want to show you those things. I want, you know, to dig after those things. I'm not asking you to become independent so I can go do other things on the earth. I I just, I, I think I continue to just try to wrestle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Okay. So we're about 20 minutes in and we haven't even gotten to the actual spiritual gifts yet. So I think my listeners will be like, okay, Rachel, it's time to, time to talk about it. Um, so let's, let's talk about this a little bit. I know we obviously don't have time to dive deep into every single thing that you taught on, but I would love for you just to kind of highlight. So when you taught the teaching that I got to listen to, and obviously people listening here today didn't hear your teaching. So we're going to, you know, pretend that, um, not everybody listening has heard your message on this, but you taught about the gifts of Jesus, gifts of God, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Briefly, can you, like, you don't have to go through every single one, but can you tell us the difference in those? Yeah. So a lot of people, um, the gifts of Jesus are found in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. And so these are the ones that we think of a lot of times are called the fivefold ministry of the church. Um, And I gave a visual where I was just saying that if you think of it as a picture of a body, which is an analogy that the Bible uses about bringing us all together. Um, you have the gift of the apostles, which maybe think of the head of just thinking and thought and, and direction. Um, you have um, the prophets, which maybe think of the eyes um, and where we're heading and what we're seeing. The teachers um, was the the mouth. Um, the pastors were the um, or shepherds is also another way it says um, it in different translations. Maybe think of the hands. And evangelists for the feet, you know, telling the good news. So the neat part about it is seeing it visually like that kind of gives you there's almost guarded areas all around the body, like kind of holding in, moving forward. Um, and I love those, you know, that picture that the Holy Spirit was showing me so that um, because I'm, I'm visual. And so just seeing it, I thought, OK, that helps me. Then it goes into other ones where the gifts of God's grace, um, which can be found in Romans 12. And these just list out, uh, and the cool thing about the Lord is that he's saying, hey, I'm going to repeat it, which means that it's important to me, but it's important to me, not because the gifts, but it's because of the partnership. These are, you're walking in your gifts is an expression of your partnership. It's just, it's, it's another way that it just reveals that partnership and gives a testimony to it. So those runs in Romans 12, they're prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, compassion, or mercy, which I love because they're called gifts of God's grace. And, and grace just kind of saying, you know, you didn't earn these. These are just what I'm giving you. Um, it's just an over and above. Um, how, can, how can I handle this better? How can I do this well? Um, it's another tool in your, in your um, tool bag between in your partnership with the Lord. And you'll find the Lord uh, will ask you to go grab something that, Um, What I love about a gift is, you know, there's some that get fully developed and there's some that happen in a moment. 
Um, you know, whether it's, you know, a gift of encouragement. I mean, it would be pretty lame if you were, you know, God's like, I want you to encourage them. You're like, I don't have that gift. I'm so sorry. Like, it's just not all my strengths finder or, you know what, I'm really a six and I don't do that. You know, I mean, I just think that it's like, no, I just wanted you to encourage them. So that means I'm also going to give you the grace to do it. Um, And sometimes I think that there are those that you operate in frequently. And I think there are some that it's just like, let's have some fun today. I'm going to kind of stretch you outside. Um, I remember the first time I gave a prophetic word to somebody and I just didn't grow up in, in a culture that did that. And so I thought, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't even know. I mean, like, what if I get it wrong? What if I, you know, and I just I humbly just had this moment where he and I just got to step into a new territory um, and there's a grace on it. And it was just really sweet. Um, and then there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which speak of like words of wisdom, words of uh, revelation, knowledge, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, um, power to work miracles, gifts of prophecy, um, gift to discern what the spirit is speaking, speaking different kind of tongues and the interpretation of them. Um, so the what I'm trying to emphasize is that there's a partnership there and going after it. Most of the times what I had mentioned is that a lot of times you're already operating in these, whether it's in health or in unhealth. And you can pay attention to that, like where you are really discerning about something or you really do enjoy teaching something or you have a gift of hospitality and you love making people feel welcome. And I just find that if I will pay attention to the areas that give life in that partnership with the Lord and I, I go, I really love when I do that, that he's trying to highlight something. Um, Hey, this is a really fun area for us. This is, I really like this, you know, let's, let's go play here again. And I, that's what I love about it with it being an expression. Um, it's not like I'm going to get a gift that, you know, it doesn't mean that there aren't, like I said, the moments that, that are a little harder. Um, but the ones that I operate in the most, I just, it's, I always walk away going, that was fun, Lord. I had fun on that one. I like that. Um, so those are kind of some general parameters of those three, um, types of lists. It's in a couple of other areas, but yeah. Yeah. So for somebody listening who maybe they're really just not familiar like those that you just mentioned to them were kind of like, whoa, never thought of that or heard of that. Would you, would that be your piece of advice if they're wanting to kind of figure out some of their, their gifts is to pay attention to the areas that give them life when they do them? I would. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, uh, there are different spiritual gifts tests. Um, there's, uh, I think the one that is um, connected to the link that's at Gateways, um, which you could provide to your readers, it's available for everyone, is based off of the Romans 12 one. But I love it because the, um, the realities are is that just like anything else you want to know more about, most of the time, like if you just Googled it, you probably at least could get a little bit more information. But you have to want to go after it. It just the revelation that God wants to give me a gift doesn't mean that I actually function in it. That is a partnership. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can have the idea or know about it, that your listeners can hear it and go, man, I get to have gifts as an expression of my partnership with the Lord. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go for it. Like there's some things that are already given to you. And then there's some things that are your pursuit of them. And um, I think I was listening to Bill Johnson yesterday. And I think he was even talking about the very beginning of that chapter in gifts was talking about pursue spiritual gifts. And I thought that's a little more active. It's more more intentional. It's more. um, And so what I also want to say is that there is a grace to work them out. You don't just show up and it's like, 
you know, like I, it's that perfection has to is, is your starting point. It's just partnership is your starting point mm. and just try, just operate in it. If you don't know, and you're saying, I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting life out of any of these things. Well then start trying some of them operate in them. It's not like, it's not like if you incur, you know, did, you know, a prophetic word and, um, that you, I mean, cause a prophetic word, when you start looking it up is one that speaks, um, encouragement that builds up that once you start looking at those things and you go, Oh, okay. I mean, if you did it and it didn't continue to feel like I was operating in that gift, I mean, oops, you just encouraged a bunch of people. I mean, I think like the consequence out, I mean, I believe I'm praying for people to be healed. Like, you know, like yeah. I, I get there's that hard part that makes us feel like it's more like a math equation, like there's a right and wrong. And it's really more about um, more like a scientific experiment. Like I'm going to put this one on there. I'm going to try it out. Uh, I think of that one was, uh, you know, keep, give it a few more chances, but if not, then keep playing with the Lord, pull something different out. That's what's so beautiful about partnership. It's not going to affect my identity. He's not going to love me any less or more. So for those of you who are uh, worried about um, doing it wrong, that's one aspect. But the other aspect is for those of you who think that if you do it right, means he loves you more or that, you know, finally I'm doing what God wants. You know, we are, we're better because I'm doing more things. Um, I think it's hard. It's good to know that it can happen in either part of the spectrum. Mm, You're preaching today. (laughs) Yeah. That's good. That's so good. I love how you said um, uh, perfection isn't your starting point that partnership is. And I love you keep bringing it back to partnership because I'm also visual like you. And I think about a partner and a partner is for you. Like a partner, if I were to come to you, like if you were my partner in real life or something, and if I were to come to you and say, hey, I'm wanting to, you know, develop this, you know, get better at something you wouldn't withhold from me, you know, like you would be like, oh, sure, I have these resources for you. And I have the, you know, like you would help me because we're partners. And so when I think about partnering with the Holy Spirit on this, that's so cool because, you know, we're bringing this to awareness. And so now even as we get off today, the listeners could literally just go, hey, Lord, I would love to partner with you. Like, show me, like, help me in this pursuit. And how fun is that? Like, that is so fun when I think about it. I'm like, that's, that's exciting. (laughs) I feel like it takes the pressure off of the partnership versus the perfection um, because it's more of an experiment. Like, let's go play. Yeah. And um, I just love that aspect that he wants to play with me, that we, he just wants to experiment. Like, let's go try that. So when someone says to you, when a friend says, Hey, I want to try this new ice cream place. Do you want to come? You want to try it with me? And you're like, yeah, I totally want to go try it with you. Cause his gifts are good. They're good. They're, they're, they're not to produce anything else. Um, so, okay. Ice cream. And I understand it's not always good for you, but um, it's good. It tastes good. You mm-hmm. know? So let's try that, you know? And, and I feel like it's almost like that where you get those little spoons. <laughs> okay. You used to before, all the craziness, but yeah. <laughs> there's some places where you can still get a spoon and you get to try it and you go, mm, I don't really like that one. And you get to keep going down the line. And then finally you get to one and you go, that is the one, this is the one I want to, you know, I want a whole, uh, two scoops of this one, please. Or if I'm being real good, I'll do one kitty cup. But, uh, you know, but that place, I think if you could see it more like that ice cream shop and having some fun exploring that and that you get to have a part of it, like he's not just putting one on you, um, that he's like, he, he wants that aspect of you that has a, a buy-in to it. And that's what you're saying in a partnership, there is a role that I play. It matters. God didn't just, you know, 
put us on a factory line and start putting stickers of gifts on us. Like you'll be this and you'll be this. You're that flavor and you're that flavor and you're that flavor. That's not it at all. Like you're a unique blend, even just with, you know, we start with the same kind of base. Let's just say, you know, the milk of the ice cream, you know, but all those different think components of my personality that adds to it and my experiences and, you know, my strengths and, and my weaknesses. Um, there's a little bit of salt in most ice cream. Um, so, <laughs> you know, just, I, I think of all of that in there. And that to me is like, there's something unique you want to do with me, Lord. And that part just excites me. And it makes me want to come to a more versus some task master that's whipping and saying, you're not doing it right. That's not enough. You don't teach like so-and-so you don't, you don't talk like, you know, your prophetic word didn't do what someone else did. Your prayers, look at that. That didn't do this. And I, that's not his voice. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So we're almost out of time, but I have to ask you one more question before we get off here. How, how do you see people abuse spiritual gifts? Um, so I'm going to own it from a personal place um, where um, let's say like a, I, I, I do feel like there's a strong gift of discernment that I can see things. But when I see things, um, I have to ask, um, why did you show it to me, Lord? But a lot of times where I've abused it is I've immediately judged it. Mm. And so sometimes I covered my judgment and just called it discernment, but I was really judging the person. Mm. And what I can tell is when it's unhealthy, it does, it's not for that person's benefit. It doesn't produce good fruit, which, you know, if you look um, in Galatians and it talks about, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, that's Galatians 5, uh, 22 through 23. But it just, you know, is it producing good fruit? That's how I know it's healthy. Is it um, doing something well, you know, for both myself and for others? But in that moment where I'm taking that, you know, I was, I think I even joked in the teaching, you know, that uh, cutting tires is not a spiritual gift. So, I mean, a spiritual fruit. Like, so when I just want something to happen to the person after I've discerned something, I've, I, God, let me see something about that person. And my immediate thought was, why are they doing that? Why are they that way? That's not okay. They're a leader. They shouldn't be doing that. You know, and it, God's like, that's not what I wanted you to do. I actually wanted you to see it and do something about it. And so I abuse it because uh, most often we abuse it when it's most connected to our pain and our wound and our trauma. Mm. And so we don't know what to do. It triggers us. We're not honest with that part first going, I can't separate that out. I'm triggered. So it's easier for me to put it on you and make it something about you and then judge you uh, than it is for me to own that pain because it's hard. Um, and so I, it, those moments, they just, they happen. They happen. They're opportunities all the time because you'll get, you will, the more you use a gift, you can get really comfortable in it too. And then you start asking, you know, you stop asking God, was I supposed to teach on that? Was I supposed to say that? Was I, I just immediately gave her a word and assumed it was from you. Mm. Even though that might just be an opinion and not a prophetic word. And that's why even when someone's operating in their gift and they say, you know, when someone says, you know, I really felt like I have a word from the Lord, you should take that word to the Lord, you know, and he should, you should weigh it out before him. You should take teachings before the Lord. You should never just open your mouth wide and go, I'll take whatever you're giving me. Every gift has the opportunity to both be abused and used. And sometimes, sometimes the abuse is just slight and you just don't realize it. It's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning, just where people started teaching about being used. I don't think that they were thinking, you know, man, this could carry out and people could have a wrong idea of who God is. 
Um, that's why you always continue to weigh it out before the Lord, um, because we're human. And that's what the Bible's full of is stories that show people's humanity. And uh, if they can, you know, God intentionally showed them making it miss it. Um, we continue to see through on the news, people making it missing it. Uh, I think we just have to own there's a, the humanity of it and have a grace for that. But to understand and be patient with myself to go, mm, maybe that was a little more Irene than that was the Holy Spirit trying to speak mm-hmm. in that moment. I love how your answer to that was from a place of humility too. Cause I just think that is so important in these spiritual gifts. If we're going to walk in them is like staying in that posture of humility and like recognizing yeah. it's because of my partnership that I even, like you said, that he even showed me this thing. And then, so then that ne- means I need to go back to him to go, okay, then what's, what do I do with this? You know, like just staying there. Like you said, sometimes I get, when I notice myself getting too comfortable in, in any area that I operate is like, Ooh, it might be time to get uncomfortable again because I'm going back to relying on Rachel's strength and my, you know, my own everything and and, and I'm no longer partnering in that moment. Oh, this has been such a great conversation. Um, before we go, I would love for you to tell the listeners where they can connect with you online. Absolutely. So um, I have a website. It's um, irenefambro.com. And since none of that is uh, easy to spell, you can just look into um, both the show notes and also just um, the advertisements for this podcast. You'll see my name spelled out, but it's just irenefambro.com. And then uh, there's also there places there that you can link to the social media profiles, um, all the different ones. And so I'm definitely beginning um, more into a social media presence. So um, hopefully this will just continue to grow um, into those places of adventure, speaking of places that are um, not as comfortable, but just going after them with the Lord and partnering um, what we can do in that. So those are, uh, that's probably the easiest ways to start there and it'll link you to everything else. Perfect. And yes, of course, all those things that we talked about will be in today's show notes. So thank you again for taking time to come on the show today. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. I'm glad um, to have this moment. It's really fun. I appreciate it. It's time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. In today's episode, we discussed partnering with God to release your spiritual gifts. Now, in Irene's session at Gateway, she walked us through an exercise to explore our spiritual gifts. And obviously, she didn't get time to do that on our episode today, So I'm going to ask you just a few of the questions that she asked us so that you can dig a little deeper in this topic. Before I do that, I do want to make sure I ask you really one of the most important questions that I feel like her and I discussed today. What did God speak to you about your views of being used by him? Have you mistaken your gifts for your identity? I think it's so important that we stop and we answer that question before we rush into figuring out what kind of gifts we've been given and how we want to use them. We really got to get our identity rooted in the Lord first and foremost. All right. And once you've wrestled that out, let's talk a little bit about your gifts. So to start by identifying your gifts, think about this. What areas, topics, regions, people are you drawn to? Next, let's ask, what areas give you life? 
For me, anytime I get to do something like podcasting, counseling, anything that involves teaching and having a relationship with other people, I light up for those kinds of things. How about you? Maybe it's hospitality. What areas make you just get really, really excited when you get a chance to do them? What areas of your life are you seeing fruit? What areas do you give the most time? And is there a peace or fulfillment when you operate in that area? So take some time to kind of think about these questions. If you have a chance, write them down, journal. You know I'm a big fan of taking some pen, colored pencils, whatever makes you happy, crayons, markers, and taking some time to journal and talk to the Lord. Remember, in a partnership with Him, lean into those areas where you feel peace, where you see fruit and the things that kind of just light you up. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. If God spoke a word to you, would you leave a review and tell us about it? I would love to hear those reviews myself and share those with other listeners. I pray that this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.